You're listening to Deliberate Living, a podcast that inspires, empowers, and encourages listeners to live life more authentically. My name is Holly Priestley, and I'm a full-time nomad and writer who has been living in my 1997 Ford van since January 1st of 2019. I travel the United States with my dog, learning how to live with more authenticity. I explore different ways people choose to ditch the prescribed life we've all been sold and live on their terms, finding freedom and happiness however they choose. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Deliberate Living Podcast. I am your host, Holly Priestley, and this week's episode is kind of a double take for me. I originally recorded it a few months ago uh, at the beginning of the podcast, and um, the topic of like nomadic jobs just didn't feel relevant at the time because right when I was going to publish it is when coronavirus kind of started taking over the world and shutting things down. Um, And then so I kept pushing it back and pushing it back, and it just isn't 100% relevant anymore, Um, but I didn't want to push it back further, so instead I'm re-recording it with a few COVID-19 style updates as well, and uh, I hope that the information is still uh, interesting and relevant to you, even if some of the um, job opportunities that I talk about are not open right this minute. It is likely that they or some new version of them will be available hopefully in a few months or a year or uh, whenever it is in the future that you're looking to make a shift from your current employment, looking for something new. Uh, So the goal is to just provide as much valuable information as possible as always. Um, And so today we are going to talk a little bit about nomadic jobs because it's a question that I get all of the time from people who are considering making a lifestyle change to either live in a van as I do or travel the world um, via backpack or Airbnb or perhaps move into a sailboat, or just have more freedom um, of location so that they can do more of the things that make them feel alive. Um, Some people want a remote-style job, even so that they can stay home a little bit more and take care of their kids. And that's certainly something we're seeing right now uh, with the coronavirus, COVID, pandemic, all of the things. Um, People are trying to find new ways to earn income, either because they have been completely laid off or their hours have been cut. Um, Others are working harder than ever as a result of it. Um, And, you know, it's just, it feels like the right time to talk about different job opportunities. So no matter what lifestyle it is that you're pursuing, the job thing is a thing. Being able to afford your lifestyle, however alternative, um, is a huge choice, a huge conf- contributing factor in uh, many people actually taking the leap to pursue their dreams or not. Um, I'm going to outline a few of the ways I've seen other nomads and vagabonds uh, take their lives on the roads or to the skies or to multiple continents or on the on the seas or whatever. Um, there is no one-size-fits-all recipe for affording any lifestyle, um, much less one that is deliberately alternative. So as with everything, your mileage may vary. Your needs may vary. Your budget may vary. Uh, your bills will absolutely vary based on whether you live and travel alone or with a partner or with a family or if you're taking care of an elderly relative 
or whatever the fuck. <laughs> it really just kind of depends on you and your lifestyle. So I'm going to throw out some options that I've seen other people do and do successfully. Um, I'm going to provide some resources so that you can um, go about searching out maybe some of these opportunities for yourself after you listen. And uh, I'm always open for questions. So if I don't hit your specific question in this episode, feel free to send me a message or drop a comment or whatever, um, and I will do my best to get back to you. So the first suggestion that I have um, for taking uh, a shift in your lifestyle is to work a ton, save up a ton, quit the job, and then travel freely. This is something that I've seen a lot of people do, um, especially pre-pandemic, whether you um, are working one job or three jobs or whatever. Some people know that they want to, you know, take an extended road trip or an extended vacation. And so they, you know, pinch pennies and uh, take on as many side hustles as they can and work as much as they possibly can, squirrel away all of that cash so that when they do decide to take that extended break, uh, they have plenty of savings to fall back on and support their lifestyle as they're exploring. Um, so saving relentlessly and taking additional, uh, side hustles, driving for Grubhub or babysitting or house sitting or selling your clothes or whatever it is, um, with a substantial savings account, you can dip your toes into whatever lifestyle you're curious about and experiment, um, with whatever that looks like, even if it means, you know, staying with you are staying where you are and, um, You know, maybe you don't want to travel. Maybe you just want to write a book or uh, work on your new album or create art or something and just have some time to pursue your own interests. So this particular suggestion, I think, applies to those who do find themselves working more during the pandemic um, rather than less. Because if you've been laid off or something, you do have that time right now to kind of explore your creativity and explore your other options. Um, But... You might be worrying about your income and maybe you didn't have as much in savings and, you know, that unemployment stuff is running out. (laughs) Um, And so not having to worry about your income for a little while gives you the headspace necessary to tackle the other life changes that you're making. Um, So if you're able to, again, maybe not right this minute, but in the future, um, work a ton, save up a ton, quit your job and give yourself that extended break, that extended experimentation time to dip your toes into the lifestyle that you're curious about, no matter what that might be. The second option that is incredibly popular is seasonal jobs. Seasonal jobs are great for people who want to explore uh, maybe more slowly and have a few months um, at one spot uh, for a given time. Um, this can work for folks who are looking to maybe work in, uh, the national parks or Renaissance fairs or travel to Antarctica or, you know, just make their way across the country or the world. Uh, these seasonal jobs can last for anywhere from a month to three months to six months. Um, they sometimes will come with extended hours where you're working 12 to 16 hour days for a short period of time. Um, they can open you up to new industries or new parts of the world, new different, uh, career options for you. Um, and I know a number of people who do this. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you've heard of 
some of these different job opportunities. Uh, Logan Fall is a wildland firefighter. Tom Pence has been traveling to Antarctica um, seasonally for eight years now. The thing about seasonal jobs is that they can allow for a significant amount of um, freedom during the off-season, um, the months that you're not working, um, so that people can go wild and go play and do whatever it is they want to do between seasons. I've also known people to hop between seasonal jobs to make their way around the country if you want to do you know, the sugar beet harvest and then go do Amazon fulfillment and then, you know, do farmer's markets or rent fairs or whatever. A lot of them have a circuit that um, their employees kind of follow along and and tap into each and every one as they go. Uh, I do know a lot of people who also will work three to six months really, really hard, spend no money, and then take the entire rest of the year off to play. So seasonal jobs can be a really great opportunity for some people who want to work very hard for a short amount of time and then have a little bit more freedom. The third option is kind of a subset of the seasonal jobs and it's called work camping. It's basically being a campground host or something of that nature, uh, maybe like a campground aide or you know whatever. It kind of depends on the campground and what they need. Um, it's a really good option for folks who specifically want to try out road life without committing fully to the lifestyle. Um, as a campground host or aide or whatever, um, you often get a free place to park, sometimes with the potential for amenities like hookups for electricity and water, maybe a pool, maybe laundry. Again, it really just depends on the campground and what they offer. Um, the pay for work camping is generally pretty minimal, if at all. I know some campground hosting jobs are strictly volunteer basis. Um, especially if they're in like highly desirable places where people would be like, oh, I definitely want to spend a whole summer there. I don't mind if I get paid. I have a free place to stay. Uh, but other places, you know, you do get paid, but it's maybe 10 to $12 an hour. Um, and, you know, you don't necessarily get to sock away a lot of cash, but you're also not spending a lot of cash because you're not paying for those amenities. Um, and there also is a lot of freedom and space to explore the nomadic lifestyle because usually those jobs are part-time, uh, 10 to 20 hours a week. You just have to be there, you know, a couple of hours a day to check people in and out, make sure nobody's burning your campground down. But then you can go explore, you know, the trails or the towns nearby. The fourth option for having alternative careers or uh, nomadic jobs in particular is uh, odd jobs or easily transferable skills. Um, so this is where you would go to a place that you want to be and then you find some kind of um, gig type job while you're there. Uh, recent guest Amber Owens does this where she'll travel someplace and she'll, you know, recently she got a job at a winery in Sedona for five or six months and she was there and she worked there for a few months and saved up and then can move on. And, and that skill set, customer service, especially waitressing, um, making coffee or whatever, those kinds of jobs can be found anywhere in the world pretty much. I have a BS in management and psychology from a pretty good school and still my ability to work in espresso machine is a much easier uh hireable skill than my degree is. Um, I could go anywhere in the world and make coffee and, you know, other people can go anywhere in the world and be a good server or be a nanny or an au pair or whatever. 
Um, so those kinds of transferable skills and odd jobs are another great option. They can pretty much be found any place you find other people. Um, it could be, you know, something as simple as, you know, a one day job of handing out flyers for an event, um, or, you know, helping somebody move or build Ikea furniture. Um, they are almost always really unique, uh, short-term ways to earn a little extra cash wherever you find yourself. I've made money this way for sure, you know, doing house sitting or pet sitting or helping, um, a friend unpack her house and like finally move in. Um, a lot of these jobs can be found on websites like Craigslist or Facebook or even like a local newspaper's webpage or in the paper itself. Um, or, you know, the flyer wall at a coffee shop or at a brewery. Even if you're in a career type job and don't plan on being nomadic, you can pick up these gigs as your schedule and interest allows. And this will also help you, you know, in that first option of save up a little extra cash to help you find that financial freedom. So odd jobs, gig type jobs, easily transferable skills, always a good option. Huge fan of those, especially for, you know, a little extra padding here and there or to help you make the move from one location or one lifestyle to another location or another lifestyle. The fifth option is digital nomading. Digital nomading basically means that you have a job that you can work from anywhere as long as you have a laptop and or Wi-Fi. And this is something that pre-pandemic was kind of one of those elusive uh, fantasy kind of jobs that you see people on Instagram doing all the time where, you know, they're sitting with their feet propped up and their laptop and they've got an ocean, uh, in the, you know, off in the distance. And, um, you know, how do people even get those jobs? But one thing that we've seen with the pandemic is that a lot of jobs are actually very easy to do as a nomad or remotely. So many businesses actually don't need staff in the building. Um, and so, I mean, we were seeing this pre-pandemic was a lot of companies kind of experimenting with allowing their employees, full-time, part-time, whatever, to work remotely um, so that they had, you know, less overhead and it cost the company less to have employees in-house. Now that the pandemic has happened, a lot of businesses are seeing success with that, um, partially because they were forced to, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I think that's a silver lining of the whole um, experience it does work better for folks who are more self-directed um, than others and don't need someone, you know, standing right behind them in order for them to be motivated to complete their tasks. So if you do need a little bit more of that external motivation in order to complete your tasks and get your work done and stay focused, we are seeing a lot of these companies who are forced to go remote uh, take advantage of the technology and the systems that are available to us right now, like constant Zoom calls being open so that people can like see each other working or have easier access to ask questions if you're working in a collaborative environment. Um, Slack is another great option. Um, there's just so many out there. So these days, pre-pandemic, I would have said digital nomading is great for people who are more entrepreneurially minded and self-directed. Current pandemic phase, I would say you don't necessarily even need to do that. You just need to have a desire to do it and, you know, the systems and, and the processes in place to make sure that it happens. Um, there are so many jobs that digital nomading can be great for, um, including like graphic designers, writers, photographers, programmers, teachers, customer service reps, 
video creators or podcast editors, any of those types of jobs would be great and a million more. Um, Jobs that might not be great as digital nomads are, again, if you want to do waitressing or uh, being a barista or being a firefighter or, you know, certain engineering type jobs probably need to be all hands on deck. But there are so many more options these days that are becoming more and more available to us as a direct result of the pandemic than were available before. So if you are not sure that your job can be taken on the road, I mean, look back at the last six months, and if it's been taken remotely, it can. Um, But also, there's a lot of creativity uh, involved in it and in making it work. So um, working in the digital nomad space, income-wise, varies greatly, of course, based on what you're doing and for whom. Um, Your pay could be project-based, hourly, or even salary if you take your career job onto the road or get a career job already on the road. Um, Another uh, episode where I featured Nathan Beers, he has had a salaried job ever since he's been on the road, and he talks a little bit about that. Stephanie also has a career salary type job. She would be uh, another episode that I would recommend you listen to. The benefits of having remote employees and digital nomading is pretty great uh, for the employee as well as for the employer. Again, there's that lower overhead, there's more flexibility. And we've seen over the last six months that employees who work from home actually get more done and are generally happier. Again, caveat, have to have the systems and the processes in place to make it work. But I think we're seeing a whole new world open up to us with this. The sixth option for uh, jobs for nomads uh, is to make and sell products. So this one can be a lot of fun and a lot of work um, and a lot of heartbreak, depending on your craft and your personality. The products that you work with and the and the things that you create and the ways that you sell them will largely determine the kind of traveling and uh, the lifestyle that you will pursue, what materials you need to have, what environments you work best in, where you sell your goods, and a number of other factors uh, will carry a lot of weight when you're deciding how to live uh, that life. If you want to knit like I do, and then sell your knitwear, which I don't do a ton of anymore. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yarn is generally fairly lightweight and easy to truck around, which is great. Um, And then selling such products could be done on any number of online platforms um, or in person, or I could do, you know, custom projects for other people. So that could go for any of those kind of creative fields. If you want to do something that involves like using spent grain from a brewery to bake dog biscuits, those materials are going to require a slightly different storage and you will also need like access to an oven, whether like a commissary kitchen or maybe your friend's kitchens if they don't mind you using uh, their oven. But again, there's a lot of like legal gray area there with like selling a food-based product and you have to have certain licenses and stuff. So be sure to look into that um, for yourself. Um, If you're selling any kind of art or jewelry, again, you might be able to get it into different galleries depending on where you travel and they might be able to hold it for you. If you're making huge sculptures or art pieces or something of that nature, you can't necessarily fit that into a backpack if you're traveling Europe or most vans if you're traveling around in a van. Um, 
So that might also, you know, dictate how you travel, the things that you create and how you sell them. But I think that making and selling products can be a really rewarding, amazing opportunity. Um, And again, it could be an additional side hustle if you're going to go, you know, that first route of working really hard, saving a bunch of money, and then taking a break, an extended vacation or opportunity to make the transition. So uh, these are six very common ways that I have seen other nomads um, and myself uh, make money on the road to sustain our flexible, deliberately alternative lifestyles. Um, And again, everything has been flipped upside down with this pandemic. So this is just what I've seen so far. These are some of the changes that I've seen take place. Things will continue to evolve, and I will likely do an updated version of this episode in the future once we kind of see where things are landing and what things are changing. If you have enjoyed this or any other episode and found the information useful, I encourage you to support the podcast either through Venmo or PayPal or um, one of the other means that I list uh, in the show notes. And again, if you have any questions at all, send me a message. I'll do my best to answer them. And I hope you guys are having an awesome day. Tune in next week for another episode. We've reached the end of this episode of Deliberate Living. You can find the show notes and everything we referenced over on my website. And be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts on YouTube or sign up for email updates every time something new is published. I'll see you next time on Deliberate Living. And until then, keep your life on the DL too.